It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Faster my crazy day, my pack commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Bradford from the gun. This is second and 26. Coming for him again. Bradford steps up, takes a shot down. The foul is getting his man. It's a new week of Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm host Sam Ekstrom, joined by Sage Rosenfels, as usual, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom, at Sage Rosenfels18, and follow the network at Locked On P. And for all of our Minnesota listener contingent, last day of the state fair, make sure you get out to the final day of the great Minnesota get-together. And, man, if you're in Minnesota and you heard those thunderstorms last night, just like foundation-shattering thunder. I mean, I, I barely slept last night, Sage. It was crazy. Well, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on with Minnesota, it seems like. The yes. quarterback situation, uh, obviously we'll talk about the majority of this, of this podcast, but... Uh, you know, what a wild, uh, you know, last week. We, who, who would have thought a week ago we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater on IR for the rest of the year? And and who knows about 2017? And now Sam Bradford is on the roster, giving up a first-rounder and, and a fourth-rounder and possibly more uh, to get him. This is not something that we, we were thinking about last Monday. Now, if I'm to go in my – put on my fan hat here and just think through this as a fan, I'm – I'm probably a little upset at the messaging used by Rick Spielman on Thursday to say he wouldn't mortgage the future, he'd protect his picks, and then on Saturday he gives up a first and a fourth. That, that to me, I think undermines my GM's credibility a bit. I'm, I might be a little upset if I'm a fan. But if I just look at the acquisition, I got to be pleased with it because you get a, a high-caliber quarterback who has been a starter in this league is still in his prime, and I think he's been on the wrong end of a couple negative situations. He was with a a moribund St. Louis Rams franchise. He was asked to do some very different things in Philadelphia with Chip Kelly that really haven't been done in the NFL before, and he's always had high expectations. He's had He was a first-round pick. People have expected him to resurrect franchises and, and make deep playoff runs. And while he hasn't been able to do that, I still think he has a high ceiling, and I think he uh, is going to be an upgrade over Sean Hill. Well, first things first, let's talk about the Rick Spielman situation. I mean, yeah. as the general manager uh, or, or a head coach, for that matter, when you're talking about player personnel, uh, and possible trades, uh, possible guys being cut. Um, the, I usually believed uh, that you know the, the, the guys in that pow- and then that power position 
about what they said, except for when they were talking about who's going to be on the team and who they're trying to get and those types of things. I mean, it's it's sort of a cloak and dagger game with, with those guys. And I, that's actually when I believe the opposite. Uh, when they say, you know, we're not going to trade for somebody, that usually means they're going to trade for somebody. Because yep. they're not only just talking to uh, the fans and those types of things, they're really talking to everybody in the NFL, including the other 31 general managers. And so, you know, as Rick Spielman said yesterday, the teams knew there was blood in the water. The Vikings needed a quarterback. Uh, they were they were a bit desperate for something, and 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 not desperate for you know a career backup type of guy to bring in or some young guy with no experience, but desperate for a guy who is legitimate NFL starter. Uh, and they could pretty much. And there's only a couple of them out there, uh, and and maybe just really one, in Sam Bradford. And so they could pretty much, uh, you know, hold hold the Vikings hostage a bit. And and obviously, Philadelphia did just that. And and you know, I tell you what. Rick Spielman, I've known for a long time. Uh, he's about as stand-up guy as you're going to get as a general manager in the NFL. I mean, that is a, that's a tough job where you sort of have to lie to a lot of players, or it seems like that's sort of the the way the business works. And and that's not the way uh, he is. Uh, it's one of the best, one of the better men uh, in the NFL from a general manager standpoint. Very trustworthy uh, from from a player's perspective. Rarely do you see a player really upset by the way Rick Spielman has dealt with them. You, you hear it all the time Chris from Cluey. a lot of teams, except for Cluey, obviously, yeah. right? So, um, you know, it's a tough business. And, uh, you know, I, I, looking back, you can see why he did that. He said, yeah, we're, we have to go out and get a quarterback. I mean, the compensation might have been two first-round picks. Everybody would have, uh, you know, tried to uh, rake the, the, the Vikings over the coals even more. So I think what he was trying to do was trying to say, you know, we're, we're okay with our quarterbacks. We're not going to go out and, as he said, mortgage the future uh, and give up a lot and, and, and hope that helps out uh, with sort of his negotiation tactics with the teams that he was probably negotiating with. But uh, at the end of the day, they got Sam Bradford. You know, they give him a first-rounder next year and I think a fourth-rounder the following year and you know possibly up to a second-rounder, but that, but that would mean that the Vikings are – are in the Super Bowl, which I think is a good problem to have. If you also look at it all, you know, the Vikings have six first-round draft picks who are still on their first contract. And that means that, you know, fairly soon, if these guys are good players, they're going to have to re-up on their contracts. And, you know, again, another good problem to have. That means the general manager and Scott Studwell and George Payton and the whole scouting staff have done an excellent job of, uh, of not missing on these first-round draft picks. And, you know, a lot of teams have. I, there were some some reports last night that I was reading that uh, on some teams where there's, you know, I think it was Indiana, Indianapolis, where they have like, a, you know, one or two players, maybe like no players left uh, from like 2012 to 2014 drafts. I mean, they wow. have missed on every single guy. And the Vikings have hit on a lot of guys in particular in the top half, half of the draft. Uh, so they have a lot of talent on their team they've kept, but to keep them going forward, they're going to have to resign them. So, you know, not having a first rounder next year, not the end of the world because they've got so many guys that they're resigning. And, and, and the longer a team is together, um, the more guys you usually resign, um, and the lower those first round draft picks are. So they're obviously hoping it's, uh, you know, they're hoping it's a 32nd pick in the draft, which obviously has much less value than, you know, a top five pick. So an aggressive play by Spielman, but what I said to a lot of people on Twitter is what choice do they have? I mean, I would rather have a GM give up too much and go for it um, than not give up enough and sit back and go, well, let's just hope that it works out with the guys that we have. This team is too talented. 
Uh, we all talk, they all talk about the window of opportunity. The window of opportunity is not that big in the NFL. And they've got a top five defense, the running back who's 31 years old. Uh, you know, who knows how long Adrian's going to play and play at this level. Uh, but the, the, the window there is not that long. And, and who knows what Teddy's injury is going to be. So here's an opportunity to have a, a quarterback for possibly the next two years who does have a lot of upside. And, you know, Sam Bradford drafted first overall. Uh, under the old CBA, so you got a huge contract coming out by St. Louis. And St. Louis had been bad for a long time, and they've been you know pretty average to bad since. Uh, and um, he's been injured his fair share. Everyone knows he's got potential. He's always been well-liked wherever he's gone. Uh, and, and Philadelphia, that offense just did not fit him at all. He is not a you know, running quarterback. He is not a guy who can you know, read a defensive end and possibly hand it off or or keep it and then run for 10 yards. I mean, that's just not his style. He's not Teddy Bridgewater. He's not uh, Cam Newton. Uh, he's a thrower. Uh, he's a game manager. Uh, he's never been on a team with this much talent. So uh, you know, he could he could be terrible, and it's, it was a bad move, but I like the aggressive move uh, rather than to sit back and sit on your hands and just going with, uh, you know, uh, Sean Hill, who's a 15-year veteran, and a bunch of really young guys behind him with absolutely no experience. The team is too good. Uh, to sit back and do nothing. To some extent, you have to stop worrying as much about the future and worry about the present, and that's what the Vikings are doing right now. To get a, a starting quarterback with Sam Bradford in it, it sounded like teams were asking Spielman to get an actual physical human being asset, like a young player like an Anthony Barr or an Eric Kendricks, and he put his foot down to that. And in that sense, I think fans should be happy that he didn't surrender to those demands now let's take a look at at recently what sam bradford has been able to do 2013 was probably having his best year with the st louis rams in seven games and then he got hurt the having this best season in terms of qbr in touchdown to interception ratio with 14 against four but again we talk about the fragility of sam bradford 2014 in Teddy Bridgewater-like fashion, he was hurt just before the start of the season. And guess who ended up filling in for him? Sean Hill, 2014. A lot of people remember week one, the Vikings went to St. Louis and took down the Rams 34-6 to to kick off the Mike Zimmer era. Then he goes to Philadelphia, plays one year with the Eagles, plays 14 games. He goes 7-7 seven and seven with the fast-paced Chip Kelly offense. 3,700 passing yards, uh, a career high, but 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. It did not mesh with his skill set. Now he comes to Minnesota where he gets a chance to hand the ball off to Adrian Peterson. And I think now it helps Peterson because with Hill, teams knew he wasn't going to throw it deep downfield. They can cheat, put eight men in the box, and then it hurts Peterson, which is the number one you know breadwinner on this team. Now you have Bradford who throws a very nice deep ball, probably more established in that regard than Teddy Bridgewater. And maybe this is the field stretching quarterback that you need to get the most out of your offense. That's correct. And yeah, one of his strengths is the deep ball uh, is that he's never been on a team this talented. He's never been on a team that has a, a running back like this or a rushing, a rushing attack. That's, you know, a top 10 rushing attack in the NFL. Uh, never on a team had this type of defense. So he's always been relied on a lot to try to carry his football team. And that's how to do. Uh, and that St. Louis team just did not have the same type of talent, at least offensively, that this, that this Vikings team has. So, and, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, obviously, hopefully he stays healthy the entire year uh, or the majority of the year. 
Uh, but he has never had this type of team. So if Sam Bradford is going to be a legitimate NFL quarterback uh, that, uh, you know, you can look back at the end of his career and say, you know, he was actually pretty dang good. Uh, this is the team he's going to do it on. And, and again, going back to Rick Spielman's uh, decision here, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I like the fact they didn't give up a player. Players that you have are known commodities. You know what guys like Anthony Barr, Harrison Smith, uh, Sharif Floyd, all these, you know what they can do. Uh, you're in means every day. You're on the practice field every day. Draft picks are an unknown, unknown commodity. Uh, you know, we're seeing that with uh, Treadwell right now. You just don't know, right? You don't know if he's going to be a great wide receiver or a guy that maybe lasts for three or four years. You, you don't know. Uh, and there's a lot of mystery within that draft, the fog of the draft. Uh, but known players, uh, I think you don't want to give up if you really like them. Um, so, I, 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 again, I do like that move by Spielman. But, yeah, this is a, an interesting situation here for the Vikings. I don't feel like Spielman had any other choice. Uh, I feel like Bradford uh, has a great opportunity here, and I think he understands he has a great opportunity. The question is, when do they get him in? Do they get him in right away? Do they wait for a while? I mean, the West Coast offense, the verbiage, it's like learning, knowing French, and then trying to learn Spanish or trying to learn Chinese or trying to learn uh, English. So you have to, a lot of the plays are the same, but you have to not only change the language, but there's always little intricacies uh, between like how you read a play or what a receiver is supposed to do or what's the hot route or how do you change the protection. There's a lot to learn. And I, I was traded twice uh, at the end of the preseason, right before the regular season. It's not easy to learn an offense quickly. I spent hours and hours and hours, and you're really straight just studying, uh, trying to make up for all the OTA time and training camp time that he missed. Uh, I'm not sure the history of all the offensive coordinators that Sam Bradford has had, but I'm sort of wondering, you know, has he been anybody that's had that same you know, type of system that North Turner runs, the number system as they call it, sort of the number route tree, uh, that really does help. Um, from a language standpoint, if you've been in you know, a system like that before. And my guess is he probably has. Uh, if you've journeyed around a little bit in the NFL, you've been on a team that's been a little bit unstable like the Rams like the Rams were, and you have multiple offensive coordinators, usually uh, you, you, you sort of run into the, the two or three different types of NFL offenses uh, that these coordinators usually run. He's worked with Pat Shermer before. Pat Shermer was with the St. Louis Rams and with the Philadelphia Eagles. And while he may not have run the same offense as Norv Turner, I think having a familiar name or a familiar coach on the staff can help you interpret and translate into words you can understand. So while Norv may prefer one thing, Pat Shermer can say, okay, Sam, when Norv says this, he actually means this. And then say say it in a way that Sam is very accustomed to hearing. And that's the benefit of getting uh, a connection like that with your tight ends coach, Pat Shermer. We got Sam on Saturday. That gives him eight days until Tennessee's next Sunday at noon. Is that enough time for Sam Bradford to start on Sunday? Uh, I would say actually no. Uh, that's not enough time to start. But it depends You know how much are they going to rely on him You know this week. If you're going to say, listen, he's going to start, but, you know, these are the 10 drop back passes that we're going to run. Uh, he, here are the, you know, third down plays and really keeping it a small menu. Uh, and we're, we're going to win this game by grinding it out. And we're going to keep grinding it out and win 10-7 or 13-6 or to 6 and, and try to play that style of football until Bradford really has a good grasp of this offense. 
uh, going forward, and we can rely on him more and more and more. I mean, you know, in, in 2009, people don't remember, Brett Favre threw something like 15 passes or 18 passes, I feel like, in that first ball game. Threw for like 110 yards against the Cleveland Browns. You know, he only had showed up about two weeks prior, and we relied on our defense. And Adrian Peterson, uh, people probably remember he had a couple of plays in that game where I think he threw a Cleveland Browns defensive back out of bounds uh, on a you know 50 or 60 yard touchdown run. But uh, you go back to Pat Shermer, I think it's a huge advantage to to have Pat Shermer there, to sort of have that uh, the, the interpreter, uh, somebody to talk about you know a drive route. The old drive route is now a 42 combination in the North Turner offense. You know you know things like that. Uh, but also it's probably shows that I bet you Pat Shermer would not have, you know, sort of signed off on the deal. Not that he has that power, but uh, if he didn't like him as a quarterback, you know, years ago when he coached him, uh, he would not have, you know, probably, he probably would have said something like, no, don't go after this guy. You know, he's a cancer in the locker room or, or he's not a good player. Uh, my guess is Pat Shermer said, Hey, he's a pretty good player. Uh, he's going to, he would help us if we got him on this football team. To me, it would be worth it. That, that That's just a guess. Uh, but I would assume you would uh, sort of interview all the coaches that dealt with Sam Bradford in the past. And I guess Pat Shermer probably said some pretty good things about him. I have one more point on this Sam Bradford, Teddy Bridgewater issue. But first, I want to remind the listeners that we have a new show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Kellen Olson hosts Locked On Suns, and he'll likely be joined by former NBA player Eddie House as his co-host. It's Kellen Olson with Locked On Suns as we fill out the roster on the Locked On Podcast. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Podcast Network. With the Vikings acquiring Sam Bradford, I think what it does too, Sage, is it provides you with insurance for 2017 in case this Teddy Bridgewater injury extends beyond the 12-month recovery. If this goes into year two or if his career is somehow altered, maybe there's more to this injury than we necessarily know. Maybe there's more than just an ACL. Maybe it's the MCL. Maybe it's the PCL. There could be more in that knee once they cut it open and find out later this week during Teddy's surgery. With Sam, the scenario is either you have two starting quarterbacks competing for the job next year, or if Teddy can't go, Sam knows the offense, and you avoid having this same kerfuffle, this same problem next training camp. Yeah, this is sort of a, you probably call it a one-year rental with an option for a second year. Uh, you know, on top of that, you know, another another positive, you know, they give up a lot, of, I think, in compensation um, with draft picks, but they're getting a starting quarterback they don't have to pay that much for. Uh, Philadelphia is paying $11 million uh, of his salary this year. That was a signing bonus. So at least they're not paying, you know, $19 million, which is what Sam Bradford is going to make in, in 2016. Uh, so that's a positive. Uh, and the, as I said, the second positive is they, he's under contract for a second year. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater comes back. And somebody else needs, you know, gets in the exact same situation and, and needs a starter last second, or is willing to even give up a, a fourth or fifth rounder. Say Sam Bradford plays fairly well, but you know Teddy Bridgewater is back next year and healthy, and 
and now so that they'll go with Teddy uh, if healthy, I, I would assume. Um, so uh, th- there's a lot of scenarios there, and uh, you know, obviously everyone hopes Teddy comes back 100% and, and is a better quarterback than ever. But you know, sort of the, the, the ship has sailed on, on as far as 2016 is concerned, and this is the team that the Vikings have put together. Uh, it's not what we were expecting a week ago or a month ago or six months ago. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it's a solid ball club. It's one of the best teams in the NFL. They have a veteran starter uh, who has, you know, big upside, can win a lot of football games, uh, can throw the deep ball well, which is what North Turner likes to do, and they still have AP in the backfield. Uh, and, and Mike Zimmer's a head coach. and you never, I've talked about many times how much I like Zimmer as a coach. So at the end of the day, I think Vikings fans have to be pretty happy uh, that uh, they, have a, they have an exciting season ahead. Certainly the B topic of the weekend was the roster cuts. And aside from the John Sullivan release, which happened around the first roster cut time, really not many surprises. There was no jaw-dropping moment as the Vikings cut it down to 53. They keep seven linebackers in order to maintain Kentrell Brothers. That was somewhat atypical to keep seven, but last year they had some depth issues, so you can see why they would choose to do that. They kept 25 offense, 25 defense, three special teams. They only kept two quarterbacks because they anticipate Taylor Heineke returning from injury within two to three weeks. And they release three of their rookie draft picks and then get them to the practice squad. Willie Beavers, the fourth-round guard. Moritz Boringer, the sixth-round wide receiver. And Steven Weatherly, the sixth-round defensive end, in addition to seven other names that fill out the 10-man practice squad. Uh, anything surprise you there, Sage? No, not really. I mean, uh, the fourth-rounder, obviously, you know, that, that it doesn't get cut very often. I was a fourth-round draft pick, and everyone told me, oh, you're, you're fairly secure on this team unless you completely blow it during training camp. But, again, that's sort of an issue uh, when the teams are really good. Uh, the Patriots, over, the, over their history, have cut third- and fourth-rounders regularly. Um, when a team has a deep roster – uh, you, sometimes you have to get rid of a, a you know a fourth round draft pick uh, just because there's just not enough room for them. Uh, your team has too much depth, and there's just not a spot for a young inexperienced player uh, to to fit in you know to carry on the roster just because you drafted him. So uh, to me, that's that's an issue of not that the player didn't play well, uh, but more that the Vikings have good solid talent at uh, at the majority of their positions. And so you know, nothing of a, a huge surprise. Obviously, the the Sullivan release uh, was a bit of a surprise, but it makes sense as you really study that move. Um, you know, the, the offensive line this year is going to be something that uh, is still going to be a question mark and is going to be something that we're going to be talking about and, uh, you know, the, the entire season. Uh, and hopefully that group of guys can, you know, have a have an excellent season and play really well and, and obviously make some holes for AP, but keep Sam Bradford healthy for not just 16 games, but hopefully it's 18 or 19. Last one, Sage, and then we'll wrap up for the day. Put yourself in Sean Hill's shoes for just a moment. If you're Sean Hill, are you feeling a little bit disappointed this morning knowing that you are very unlikely to be uh, the season-long starting quarterback for this team? Would you have been kind of excited and now let down? Well, you know, you don't know. Uh, Every quarterback has a different mindset. Uh, I don't know what what Sean Hill's, you know, what what he says versus what he's actually thinking. I mean, there's times when you're a backup quarterback where, you know, it's like, hey, you know what, I get to keep play or or collect this nice paycheck and and be the backup and and not, you know, not go through the rigors of the NFL and and getting beat up all season. 
Uh, and there's times where you're disappointed because you really want to be out there and starting. So you know, no one will really know. Uh, I'm sure he'll say he's disappointed, but he'll support uh, Sam Bradford. But, you know, just a couple of years ago, he played almost an entire season or a lot of that season in St. Louis when he, when he backed up Bradford and, and got hurt. And so, uh, you know, who knows? But uh, at the end of the day, he, you know, he was signed to be a backup quarterback. That's what he is. So we really can't be that disappointed. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Vikings. Make sure to check out Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson and Locked On Fantasy with Vinny Iyer. The lineup continues to grow. We should have it filled out in mid-September with all 32 NFL teams and all 30 NBA teams. Sage, uh, good way to kick off the week. Good discussion. Have a terrific Labor Day. Sounds good. Happy Labor Day to you as well. At Sage Rosenfels. I'm Sam Ekstrom. This has been Locked On Vikings. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners, this is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.